Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the commentary for Romeo and Juliet, the sitcom Act 2. It's debate night in America. I am your host, Landon Bell, and I am joined by... Assistant Director Swen Halverson. And I don't know why I pointed out that it's debate night in America, but it just felt like the thing to say. So... <laughs> so, when you hear this a few months later, you'll know what time we recorded it. <laughs> That's right. You will know that there was once a time when Americans were sane. I think that ship has sailed. (laughs) (laughs) And kicking us off here, we've got our very own chorus, Finn MK and M. Sierra Garcia. And the theme written, or the music written by... uh, Landon. Yes, yes. Did you write the words on that? Now or was that I did. I wrote, the, I wrote the words, wrote the music. And young affection Feel pretty good about it. <laughs> that fair for which love groaned for and would die. If I had, I kind of wish I had a, a big studio where I could <laughs> do a brand new version of it. And loves again. But, you know, I can't complain too much. By the charm of looks. I did yeah. what I could with but my setup. But to his foe supposed, he must complain. And she still loves sweet bait from fearful hooks. And we've got another prologue here. Uh, this is the very last prologue uh, for the play. And this one kind of uh, kind of sets up the relationship that's going to get rolling. But passion lends them power. Time, means, to meet, tempering extremities. It kind of got rolling at the party, but now it really gets rolling here at the, the orchard. The Orchard scene, which uh, Swin actually directed. Yes, I directed this. But it's been a while, so I don't remember much about it. <laughs> <laughs> Can I go forward when my heart is here? Turn back. Well, another actors. Uh, starting off here, we have Eric Valdez as Romeo. The one yes. Providing his wonderful foley for climbing up the wall and falling. Or, what is that? Walla. That's what it's called. <laughs> and I think I used some footsteps or something for climbing up the wall, but it seemed to work. Romeo, so. <laughs> my cousin I think Romeo. it worked very well. Uh, he, uh, is wise. And we also have M. Sierra Garcia as Mercutio, the, the one and only. And we also have Andrew Hackley as Benvolio, the one and only. Oh, <laughs> nay. I'll conjure too. Romeo? Uh, let's see. Humors, oh boy, there's our very own studio Fashion. audience. And we have in the background I Crush Everything by a Jonathan Colton. In the likeness of a sigh. Joko! <laughs> and I'm satisfied. One of the benefits to using uh, Jonathan's music in this is that. Pronounce, but. Love you can really get pretty much any kind of Dove. feel you want. Speak to my yeah, he has a lot of variety. I mean, if you want to go just straight up hilarious, you got it with this music. If you want to be dark, you got it. If you want to be sad, he's got it. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I have a little bit of feedback uh, from some people about Act 1. Uh, one person told me that uh, they thought Jonathan's music was perfect, 
and uh, they want, found themselves wanting to sing along a lot. <laughs> by her high forehead and her scarlet lip, by her fine foot. And that same person also said, uh, "Great job on R and J. Might be your best yet." Well, that we always try to, to do our best. <laughs> and if he hear thee, thou wilt anger him. So, might be your best yet, folks. If you haven't heard it, which I don't know why you wouldn't have heard it if you're listening to this commentary, but go check it out. Just wait till Act 3. Oh, yeah. Man, Act 3 is a gut punch. But, uh, spoilers. And in his mistress' name I conjure only but to raise up him. Come. He hath hid himself among the trees. Um, another interesting thing about this little scene here is uh, I was talking to M the other day, and she said that I Crush Everything is actually her favorite uh, Jonathan Colton song. So that is an interesting coincidence. That her favorite is also the one that we used for Mercutio's theme. Oh, sweet Romeo. That she were old. That she were an open and I keep saying Mercutio. It's Mercutio. But I got that from M. So, way to go, M. Now I'm calling her Mercutio. <laughs> she said it was only apt that a, a female Mercutio was Mercutio. Shall we go? Go then. For tis in vain to seek him here. That means not to be found. It was a fairly simple scene, but then. Indeed. The actors make everything work. Just <laughs> scars that never felt a wound. And that was supposed to be him. Like. Soft. Uh. Banging his shirt to get dust out or something. It is the yeah. Juliet is the sun. Arise, fair sun, and kill the envious moon, who is already sick and pale with grief. And this monologue right here may be uh, one of the most famous in the entire Shakespeare canon. Her vestal liveries, but sick and green, and none but. It's very easy to quote. That's what I'm saying. It is my lady. Oh, it is my love. Oh, that she knew she were. She speaks, yet she says nothing. What of that? Somewhere in there I put a laugh in there just to, just so you could know that she was in there in the background. Yeah, which I really liked. I, I really liked that added touch because she doesn't have any lines for a little bit. And with audio, you can't see that they're there. So, so you gotta do something. <laughs> As a matter of fact, here in a moment, there's a, uh, there's an aside where she, uh, she says, I, me, at, uh, at what he's saying, mm -hmm. which is not in the original, but I needed her to say something, because she's just there, and, and we can't see her and visualize her, so, thought it was a nice touch. Huh. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> She speaks. So is that supposed to be in response, or is oh, that speak again, supposed to be angel. just her 
thinking about him. <laughs> well, it's it's not in response. It's a winged messenger of It's just her her saying to the audience uh, in response to what he's saying. Um, again, one of those things where I was I wasn't actually sure if he was saying that out loud or if he was saying it to the audience. But yeah, um, he's kind of saying it to himself, the monologue. Um, which in Shakespeare, when someone's monologuing to themselves, they're talking to the audience, basically. Um, but I wanted that little interjection from Juliet just so that the uh, the audience had a, a grasp of, oh, she's there, she's listening, she's hearing everything he's saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it also fit in with the part where he says that she speaks. Um, mm-hmm. Which, if it was done on stage, she would just probably be talking to the nurse or whatever. But because we don't have that. that <laughs> We make it work for audio. There is a little bit of echoes that I put in there, but it's it's hard for me to figure out how to make it sound like she's like up on a window and speaking to outside. He's outside. I know that that is the single toughest thing in mixing audio is trying to create a sense of height and depth. Very difficult. What I ended up doing was like my uh, editing program has a reverb thing where you can put different reverb curves in there. So I made some noise from up on my uh, upstairs to outside. And then tried to put that reverb curve in there. I don't know if it worked right, but <laughs> I think it does work. Um, I would have never realized that that's what you did, but it, it works really well. <laughs> but I ended up making it to where you almost couldn't hear it, just because it sounded like too much of an echo if I put too much of it in there. But, uh... <laughs> No, I think it works very well. And I am proof against their enmity. I would not for the world they saw carries just enough so that it's not overpowering. My life were better ended by their hate than death prorogued, wanting I love by love who first did that was millionaire girlfriend. He lent me counsel and I lent him eyes. Romeo's theme. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, pointed out as Romeo's theme by uh, um, your guide. Is drinking with you, um, Juliet's theme? It is. It is. Okay. Uh, which, That's this which, one. That song is also yeah. in this, yeah. Yeah. this scene. I know thou will say I, and I will take thy word. Yet if thou swearest, thou mayst prove false. So uh, an interesting thing about this scene is that the, the latter half really doesn't have a lot of laughing cues. Uh, I, I wanted to try and maintain the purity of the scene in the uh, in the script. And so uh, they're used kind of sparingly. There's, there's a few, just like that one. 
there, but... <laughs> Seems like there's more. Uh, there are, uh, when the nurse comes into the scene. Because, of course, who doesn't want to laugh at the nurse? <laughs> She's comical! Comical characters are funny! But other than that, no, uh, most of the scene is, uh... It's pretty, pretty straightforward. We, we uh, stick to the drama. By yonder blessed moon, I swear that tips with silver all these fruit tree tops. Oh, swear not by the moon, the constant moon that monthly changes in her circled orb, lest that thy love prove likewise variable. What shall I swear by? Do not swear at all, or if thou wilt, swear by thy gracious self, which is the god of my idolatry, and I'll believe thee. <clears throat> My heart's dear love. Do not swear. <laughs> yeah, there's one of the few laughs. <laughs> Although I joy in thee, I have no joy of this contract tonight. It is too rash, too unadvised, too sudden. Too like the lightning which doth cease to be air, one can say it lightens. <laughs> Sweet good night. This bud of love by summer's ripening breath may prove a beauteous flower when next we meet. Good night. Good night. A sweet repose and rest. And this is the part where we're just stopping breast. to listen to the actors. Oh, wilt thou leave me so unsatisfied? Because no sound effects. And the actors are just doing wonderful jobs with their acting. This is true. This is true. I did realize, though, that I forgot to uh, name Olivia Steele as our Juliet. Oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> The one and only. Um, and yet, I wish, but for the one thing I had. I named everybody else, but I forgot to name her. So sorry. My love as deep. So what happens when I start I talking? Be, the more I have, and then I start forgetting. Infinite. Oh, I hear some noise within. And there's what? Hannah Jane Condell as the nurse. The one and only. <laughs> I'm just gonna say the one and only for everybody. Oh, blessed, blessed. See how that works. See how people like it see if people do like it or don't like it all this is but a dream maybe people are annoyed by it i don't know i'm just here to talk about the show three words dear romeo and good night and entertain what good is a commentary if it's not entertaining send me word tomorrow by one that i'll procure to come to thee where and what time will thou perform the right and all my fortunes at thy foot i'll lay and follow thee my lord okay so here's one of the things that a lot of people get hung up on with Romeo and Juliet is that they plan this wedding so abruptly. And a lot of people just can't believe in the uh, the whole concept of love at first sight and they were just totally smitten with each other and knew that they wanted to be together forever and but love from love I think the only reason people get that way, though, is because that trope has been very overused in other stories and other media. But if you go back, this is one of the originals that used that. And if you read the text, it's not not overused or unbelievable at all. Shakespeare does a very good job of making you believe their relationship. Music to attending ears. Romeo, 
my dear. At what o'clock tomorrow shall I say? And in our production, I think that uh, both of our I'm actors do a very good job of making Just you believe it. Years till then. <laughs> They're just a little too starstruck. Starstruck for their own good. Let me stand here till <laughs> I shall forget to have thee still stand there, remembering how I love thy company. And it happens. And it I'll happens. Still stay to have thee still forget. Forgetting any other home but this. It's interesting in audio drama the <laughs> timing of when people say things. It is almost morning. Like she says hist Romeo hist and, yet no and then starts on her some sort of monologue and then he comes in a little bit later and with a silk sounding like he's just responding to that. Hopefully it works. There's just so many words to say that cherishing. <laughs> No, I think it worked. I think it worked very well. Parting is such sweet sorrow that I shall say goodnight till it be morrow. A lot of it depends on the uh, the delivery of the actors. Because uh, again, anytime you're adapting something that's meant for a visual medium to an audio medium, it's a it's a it's an interesting process trying to get it right. Hence will I to my ghostly father's cell, his help to crave and my dear have to tell. Oh, he's off to his ghostly father's cell. Who could his ghostly father be? Dun dun dun. <laughs> and you directed this scene. I did. Uh, we are here at Friar Lawrence's parsonage. Uh, and Friar Lawrence is played by Dave Morgan, the one and only. <laughs> is this his father's cell? Uh, he, uh, or is that he's, later? He's referring to his father as in as uh, his uh, preacher. Oh, yeah. So. Bit of an archaic language choice, but uh, yeah, that's who he's referring to. And of course it is echoey because it's in a church, right? Um, this is, in, in my mind, this is actually his parsonage, um, which I just uh, imagine would be like a, a big house, uh, because, you know, the church has money, they can, they can pay for a big house for the, the preacher. And this is, he, uh, Father Friar Lawrence, Friar Lawrence, played by Dave Morgan, correct? Dave Morgan. For this. Don't want to only. So Dave gave a bunch of different takes for this monologue, and they were all kind of all over the place. Uh, but but he did this uh, this one sound just a bit ago, where he was picking up the basket, um, and, and and he foleyed it as if he was doing the basket pickup. And, uh, I think that worked very well. <laughs> Young son, it argues a distempered head so soon to big. Sometimes it's dead. best to care keeps his just do what it says and where care when you're reading your lines, memory. just because it works. So, an interesting thing about Friar Lawrence is, and I kind of refer to him similar to the way I refer to Bivolio, is that he is. The nurse light. Not been in bed he, he's the male nurse, basically. Hmm. 
Uh, and so he's a little eccentric. He's not quite as humorous. Uh, but he has his own uh, eccentricities. And uh, he... No. I have forgotten he gets a little bit uh, and that name's uppity sometimes. And he's also a bit of a schemer. Um, one thing I kept telling Dave is that uh, when Romeo came to approach him here about getting married, uh, he kind of uses that opportunity to scheme a bit and try and mend the the house of Capulet and Montague so that they'll end their fighting uh, instead of doing it the right way. He tried to take it into his own hands. And of course, you know, that never works out well. And when and where and how we met, we wooed and made exchange of vow, I'll tell thee as we pass. But this I pray, that thou consents to marry us today. <laughs> Holy St. Francis, what a change is here. <laughs> Rosaline, whom thou didst love, I love that. so soon forsaken. Young men's love then lies not truly in their hearts, but in their eyes. What a deal of brine hath washed thy sallow cheeks for Rosaline. And they're talking about Rosaline here. I don't remember if we mentioned Rosaline in the Act One commentary. Uh, but Romeo she is... certainly mentioned her. Uh, but, uh, just as a, a quick refresher, she's a uh, she's another girl in uh, I believe the House Escalus, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, Romeo was smitten with her, but she did not return uh, his love, so he moved on to Juliet. For doting, not for loving, people mine, and bade me bury love, not in a grave to lay one in, another out to have. I pray thee, chide not. She whom I love now doth grace for grace and love for love allow. The other did not so. Oh, she knew well thy love did read by road and could not spell. <laughs> but, but come, young waverer, come. <laughs> In one respect, all thy assistant be. For this alliance may so happy prove... That's one of those that you have to think about for a minute before it kicks in. Wisely and slow, they stumble that run fast. He falls a lot in this episode. <laughs> he does, he does. So that was a slide whistle. Um, I wanted to add a comical effect of some sort. And I was like, slide whistle will do it. So I put it in there. Hopefully it worked with folks. <laughs> should this Romeo be? Came he not home tonight? Not to his father's. Oh, this I scene. With his this scene. Nah, this is a good scene. Are there any bad scenes that Mercutio isn't? <laughs> no. No, no, no. M is the ultimate scene stiller, folks. Yep. The ultimate. We'll answer it. She Any can give Pete Mylan a run for her money. Or his money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, Pete. Woo! Oh, alas, poor Romeo. I get a slap on the wrist for that one. Stabbed at the white wench's black eye, shot through the ear, 
with a love song, the very pin of his heart. Um, I did forget to mention one thing about the scene with the friar. Uh, his uh, his theme song is uh, "Make You Cry" by Jonathan Colton, and uh, so that was nestled there in the background of that scene. In case anyone was wondering, he is a courageous captain of compliments. He fights. As you sing Prick Song, keeps time, distance, and proportion, rests his minimum rest. One, two, and then the third in your bosom. <laughs> the very butcher of a silk blouse. A duelist, yes. Um, and right here we have uh, Skullcrusher Mountain playing in the background, and uh, which is Tybalt's theme. And I liked the idea of playing it because... The, the way M approaches discussing the about Tybalt, of such it almost comes across like they've had a relationship before. Hmm. And even the way she plays opposite Tybalt in Act 3, which we'll get to uh, in the next commentary, uh, even, even the way she, uh, she plays against him in that act... It also comes across a bit that way. And, that. and so I, uh, I I liked the idea of using Tybalt's theme song here um, while M is discussing him. Or Mercutio is discussing him. Yeah, comes Romeo. Yeah, comes Romeo. And without his row. Like and of course, nestled around that is uh, the song Soft Rocked by Me by uh, Jonathan Colton. Now is he for the numbers, like Petrarch flowed in. Laura to his lady, but a kitchen wench. Mary, she had a better love to be rhyme her. Dido, a dowdy. Cleopatra, eh, a gypsy. Helen and Hero, buildings and harlots. This Sorry for all the hard words, Em. <laughs> that was a hard one. Um, I remember her saying that that was a very tough one. That's a French salutation for your French. As a matter of fact, she uh, she told me that it took her hours to record this episode. What counterfeit did I give you? So we appreciate it, though, Em. You did a very good job. Can you not conceive? Pardon, good Mercutio. My business was great, and in such a case as mine, a man may strain courtesy. Oh, well, <laughs> that's as much to say. Such a case as yours constrains a man to... Um, so, um... I know we've talked about it before, but... M... Or, not M. Mercutio. I keep getting their two names confused. Uh, Mercutio loves innuendos. Uh, in Act 1, in Act 2, and in Act 3, Mercutio loves innuendos. Some of them come across differently because she's played as a woman in this... They do, and uh, yeah, right. M in her recording, she actually said something about uh, she wanted to be careful so that they didn't come across uh, like Mercutio is just a dirty woman. <laughs> like, she just has a dirty mind. No, she doesn't just have a dirty mind. She just likes to make jokes. may remain after the wearing soul singular. Oh, single-souled jest, solely singular. And I think that uh, Emma's performance of uh, Mercutio did a very good job of conveying the humorous attitude. Nay, if thy wits run the wild goose chase, 
I have done. For thou Although this scene in particular is just full of innuendos. Innuendos. I like that. I like that better. I like that better. Mercutio's innuendos. As performed by M. Sierra Garcia. Put that up in neon. It'll sell great. And is it not well served into a sweet goose? Oh, here. Here's a wit of chevril that stretches from an inch narrow to an L broad. I stretch it out for that word, broad. Which, added to the goose, proves thee far and wide a broad goose. Why? I mean, it's not Got a moment here before we get to the next portion of the scene. Um, it was also recently asked. Because I have a whole list of questions people asked. Uh, it was asked, do we study the text? And the answer is yes, we study the text of the play before we fix it. Um, or at least I do. Uh, Swin reads it. I read the script. Occasionally I'll research what something is so I can get a better idea. But So yeah, we read it. We get a good idea of what it means. And then we run off what the actors give us. A lot of times I'll read like uh, the Shakespeare spark notes um, where somebody has made a summary of what the act is. Which is a great resource. Spark notes is just a perfect resource. Because I wouldn't know what was going on without it a lot of times. <laughs> Anon. My fan, Peter. Good and we Peter. have the nurse again, and we also have Aiden Rudd as Peter. God ye good morrow, who uh, Aiden was gracious enough to uh, step in for Kiba Walker, who uh, previously had the role, but uh, he unfortunately had some things going on in his schedule and he had to step down. But uh, I told him, I said, I will make sure I give you a shout out because you were the originator of the role. So <laughs> we hope to have you back on the show one of these days, Kiva. Gentlefolk, can any of you tell me where I may find the young Romeo? I can tell you, but young Romeo will be older when you have found him than he was when you sought him. I am the youngest of that name, for fault of a worse. You say well. That's what happens when you've been around Mercutio for a while. You start making Mercutio-esque jokes. I think wisely. If you be he, sir, I desire some confidence with you. She will indict him to some supper. A bond, a bond. Oh, a bond, a bond. Oh, oh, Love it. Oh, no hair, sir. Unless a hair, sir. Okay, so this line. This line right here. M sent me an email and she said, can I wrap this? It's like, I've been listening to a lot of Hamilton lately and I think that this would be better if I wrapped it. And I said, sure, do it. Do it. I, I want to hear it. And she did. And it turned out very well. So. <laughs> it seemed to go with music there too. It did. It did. Farewell. And this bit right here, um, she sang it as if it was the Sticks song, Lady. 
uh, in the script it said uh, to sing it in the vein of Kenny Rogers. Uh, but she was like, Styx is better than Kenny Rogers. <laughs> so we didn't even get the Kenny Rogers version. We just got Styx. That loves to hear herself talk and will speak more in a minute than she will stand to in a month. Anna, speak anything against me. I'll take her down. And I will lust Music fans, you all can debate that. Which is better, Styx or Kenny Rogers? <laughs> I'm not really familiar with either. <laughs> That means I can name a bunch of songs that aren't from them. I saw no man If I had, my weapon should quickly have been out. I warrant you. I dare draw as soon as another man. Both are good, but I would actually be kind of interested to see what the the internet polling is on that. That's it. That's it. We'll make that a poll on the Wild Bill Twitter account. And you can log on and vote. Pray you, sir. A word. Which is better, Sticks or Kenny Rogers? The world must know. What she bade me say, I will keep to myself. But first let me tell ye that ye should lead her into a fool's paradise, as they say. It were a very gross kind of behavior, as they say, for the gentlewoman is young. And therefore, the nurse is being protective. Oh, she's rightfully ticked off. <laughs> I'd be ticked off if somebody came around me and started saying the stuff Mercutio was saying. Yeah. Lord, Lord, she will be a joyful woman. What wilt thou tell her, nurse, if thou dost not mark me? I will tell her, sir, that you do protest, which, as I take it, is a gentleman-like offer. Bid her devise some means to come to shrift this afternoon, and there she shall at Friar Lawrence's cell be shrived and married. Here's for thy pence. No, truly, sir, not a penny. Go to, I say you shall. This afternoon, sir. Like, she gets a little bit happier she when money is involved. Stay, good nurse, behind the abbey wall. Within this hour, my man shall be with thee and bring thee cords made like a tackled stair. It's kind of interesting anytime we have a production that's set in the modern day or the modern era um, and they're handing someone money well the only way to convey that so people know what it is is to make it sound like coins you could do paper money but people are not going to know what it is and just try to do credit cards yeah I mean credit cards does that even, is there even a sound to a credit card uh, I mean I guess you could put it I guess you can swipe it. Yeah, you you could do a swipe if someone's paying at a checkout line, but of course now there's not even a swipe. Yeah, yeah, now it's stick your card in this machine. Read the chip, step on or out up. Leave it in here for a while while we read it. No, you took it out too soon. That exactly. The dog's name. <laughs> okay, so that line, that line, is extremely no, corny. Let me just tell you. <laughs> but uh, Hannah does a very good job of making it come across corny, and so I appreciate that. Commend me to thy lady. That would have been a line that would have been very easy to get wrong, uh, because it's so left field. <laughs> Peter, take my fan 
and go before in a pace. Even for a scene as wild and rambunctious as this one. Struck nine when I and I'm bobbing my head to the music. <laughs> Perchance she cannot meet him. That's not so. Oh, she is lame. Yeah, the Love music in this scene. Thoughts which ten times faster glide than the sun. Your brains. Reply your brains. That song just has a totally different feel without the words. Oh, it totally does. I actually really like it without the words. She's not come. Had she affections and warm youthful blood, she would be as swift in motion as a ball. My words would bandy her to my sweet love and his to me. When you remove the drums too, it also gives it a different feel. Which is one of the oh, honey nurse. few Good songs news. that he put out with, with stems so we could send my man away. edit to our heart's content. <laughs> Absolutely. Stay at the gate. Which no, I've taken advantage of a few times on this oh, play. Lord, why lookest thou sad? Though news be sad, yeah, there was one... Uh, one scene earlier in this act. It was a, a scene two, the the balcony scene. Uh, Swin was trying to use one of the songs, and uh, he wound up using a Jonathan's version of uh, "Baby Got Back." Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a great song. But... His his musical rendition is uh, is pretty good. Musically, I mean, I'm, I'm not talking about the lyrics. <laughs> the, ly the lyrics are a whole different animal. Um, but uh, we unfortunately couldn't use that because uh, it is not. He does not own the copyright for that, and therefore it's not uh, Creative Commons music like this is. He put it out on his Creative Commons thing. But... <laughs> He did, but uh, there's like a, a notice up on his website that says, uh, if I didn't write it, I don't own the copyright. You have made a simple choice. You know not how to choose a man. Romeo. But I, I will forever appreciate that laugh, because I got a good laugh just visualizing that song even being close to this play. <laughs> <laughs> because when I think of Romeo and Juliet, I think of Sir Mix a lot. <laughs> I'm still not sure. I mean, the, the tune is like completely different than. Oh yeah, he came up so, with a completely different tune. So it, it seems like it might be okay, but. But if I remember correctly, because I, I read something about it one time, um, the copyright law for a remix covers songs like that even if you completely rewrote the music and the tune and everything so yay copyright law without you copyright law we would never have a billion marvel movies like an honest <laughs> And a courteous, 
and a con. We would only have half a and billion. And a handsome. <laughs> and I warned a virtuous. Where is your mother? <laughs> Where is my mother? <laughs> so that was kind of a tangent, but uh, getting back on track here. Uh, we've got the nurse trying to dodge and evade Juliet's inquiry. As best she can. Because, you know, she really doesn't li like uh, Romeo. She doesn't really want her to be with Romeo. They come to the commentary to hear the behind the scenes. So. <laughs> this is true. This is true. And there are copyright considerations. Have you got leave to go to Shrift today? Copyright law is one of those interesting things, and, and every once in a while I have people come to me and ask me about it. But we're not lawyers, so no, I'm not take a lawyer. Advice. <laughs> Let's be very upfront about that. We're not lawyers. This is not law advice. But uh, this is our interpretation of what we think it is. But I have done a lot of research into copyright law. Uh, for audio drama in particular just just because I want to make sure I got this right make sure that we own the copyright and not someone else and uh, there's a lot of loopholes and there's a lot of restrictions it's like you know any anytime you're creating something just just double check the copyright laws and the the available licenses to you and just make sure just make sure that you're doing it right. Because it would kind of suck to, to get it wrong. So smile the heavens upon this holy act, and, that after hours with sorrow chide us not. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But come what sorrow can, if he cannot countervail the exchange of... As a side note, some people put stuff as Creative Commons on SoundCloud, which is not. So if you're using music from SoundCloud that you think is Creative Commons, make sure... <laughs> Yes, 100% that. Um, as a general rule of thumb, don't use Creative Commons unless it's uploaded by the creator. Uh, that's just a general rule of thumb. Therefore, love moderately. Long love And uh, here in the background, we have uh, Summer's Over, which is the, the wedding theme. Here comes the lady. So light a foot will I love the audience reaction there. A lover may Wasn't in the script, but I was like, I need to make this scene a little bit more tender. So light, <laughs> and I, I think that that did it just nicely. Romeo shall thank the daughter for us both. You put those keys in the script, though. So. <laughs> I did, but uh, sometimes when you see something on the page, you think, yeah, that'll work. And then... You get into mixing and you're like, I can make this better. And uh, laugh tracks are one of those where uh, it's really applicable because something may be funny in the script, but the actor's delivery isn't quite funny. So Sometimes it's funny that something funny that wasn't funny in the script. Right, and, and, and that also happens quite a bit. And so we'll we'll move laugh tracks around and laugh cues around in the final mix. I certainly can't complain. As long as it makes people laugh, that's what matters. And uh, this act is, uh, is, uh, is pretty funny. It tickles your funny bone. 
especially Mercutio. Also known as the Wild Bill and Brian Reed as the credits. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. Brian. Hello. I know you can't hear us, but hello. Eric Valdez as Romeo. <laughs> Olivia Steele as well, I guess he could hear us if he was listening to the commentary. Does he read those through every time, or does he take some of those and edit them together? <laughs> uh, he used to do it all in one take, uh, but sometimes he would like slightly misread a name uh, just because he was trying to do it in one take. So now when Brian does credits, he he records the opening segment where he reads the play title. He does that three times. Then he reads all of the actors' names three times. And then he reads the end portion three times. With the, like the directing credits and then the, the, uh, the copyright credit and all that stuff. He records that three times. This is valuable information for... Me on the next play is I'll be the That is true. We we did not announce that on the uh, the previous commentary. I don't believe, but uh, yes, when will be swept, stepping up to uh, to be the next director of the show here in just uh, just a very short couple months. So I'm pretty excited for that, and I'm sure he is too. <laughs> excited and <laughs> a little worried. <laughs> <laughs> eh, little nervousness now and then but we use it to our advantage and so that was the episode folks uh thanks for tuning in thanks for listening to our ramblings uh, we hope you enjoyed it and we'll be back next month with act three yes and until then, I've got a debate to go watch here in just a short few hours. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, that ought to be a firestorm or a dumpster fire, one of the two. <laughs> we'll see you later. Peace. Or should I say war? No. <laughs> see ya.